Welcome to King's Touch Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe God's word will impact your everyday life. Can we go to the book of Hebrews? Hebrews chapter number 6, verse 13 to 19. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 13 to 19. Are you there? If you don't have a Bible, there is one right here. Verse 13 says, For when God made a promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessings I will bless thee, I will bless you, and multiplying I will multiply you. And so after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise. For men indeed swear by the greater, and an oath for confirmation is for them an end of all dispute. Thus God determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of the promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by the oath. That by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold of the hope that is set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, both sure and steadfast. This hope we have as an anchor of our soul, both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence Behind the veil. Well, let, let's read from another. Let's read from. Uh, let's see what the the message version says. Let's hear from the message version. When God made this promise to Abraham, He backed it up. He backed it to the hilt, putting His own reputation online. It simply means God made the promise, and He tied a thin wire from one end of the pole to the other end and started walking on it like balancing that if this breaks right now i'm going down with it that's exactly what he means there he says he said i promise that i'll bless you with everything i have you know to think about who is saying that should get you shouting glory to jesus he said i promise that i will bless you with everything i have bless and bless and bless Abraham stuck it out and got everything that he had been promised to, that had been promised to him. Wow, wow. When people make promises, they guarantee them by appeal or to some authority above them. So that if there is any question that they'll make good on the promise, the authority will back them up. Do I need to explain that? That's self-explanatory. When people, okay, let's go on to When God wanted to guarantee his promise, he gave his word. When God gives a word, if what he said was a lie, it turns out to be the truth. Because God cannot lie. That means if God spoke to you and said, I'm going to give you the sky, you're thinking, ah, Lord, then the sky is yours because he said, I'm going to give it to you. Whatever the promise God makes, if he gives you a word, if you can find a word that talks about that thing, that means that God is able to do it because God does not promise what he cannot deliver. So when God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word, a rock-solid guarantee. I don't know if you enjoy reading the word like I do. God can't break his word. Can you stick that in your head? Stick it in your heart? Stick it on your fridge? On your doorpost? And in your car? Even if you don't have a voice, sing it to yourself. A singing voice, that is. Everybody has a voice. God can't break his promise. I promise you, even if I just read the scriptures and we go home, I will have done a good work. God can't break 
his promise. Now, you can hold God up to his word. If you feel unwell, God has a word. You can hold it, you can hold him to it and say, God, your word says you cannot break your promise. And because his word cannot change. Oh, glory to God. So your feelings can change, but God's word will not change. Circumstances can change, but God's word cannot change. He said, one, God cannot break his word. And two, his word cannot change. That simply means on principle, you can rely on God's word and you will receive the end of your faith. Hallelujah. Because his word cannot change. The promise is likewise unchangeable. He who have run, we who have run for our very lives to God, have every reason to grab the promise. You know what that means? When you feel like everything is uptight, don't run away from God. Run to God. Many a time, the moment I don't see somebody who is a member up in church, two, three, four times, I know that they're running from something. Many times. Not always, but many times. I know that they're running from something. But I want you to learn this. Don't run from God. Run to God. God is merciful. God is loving. God is kind. God is patient. God is long-suffering. God is not an old man with a white beard ready to smite you, you know, and accuse you. We who have run for our very lives to God have every reason to grab the promise, to, to grab the promised hope with both hands and never let go. Hold on to that promise and never let go. Verse 19. It is an unbreakable spiritual lifeline reaching past all appearances, right to the very presence of God. Father, we thank you for your word. We pray that you bless your word today. Bless your people. Empower them. Encourage somebody. Strengthen your people in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I want to talk a bit today about Don't Talk. That's the title of my sermon. Don't talk. We just read from the book of Hebrews, chapter 6, verse 13 to 19, and it's, it's loaded with uh, great promises. And God is actually talking about his promises to us. And it is important for us to understand that the promises of God are very important for us to hold on to. If you can find a promise for that situation, for that thing, you can have what you have what you what you have believed him for you can have what he says he can do if god says he can do it and you can hold on to it and you can hold god at his word and say lord i see it written right here i don't have i don't have much feelings i don't i don't know what to feel i don't even know if i understand what this means but if you can find it in the bible and you see it right there you can stand out and believe God that God can do what he said. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse number 20, he said, For the promises of God in him are yes, and in him there are amen. That simply means when God, give, when God gives you a promise, God doesn't go back on that word. He doesn't come back and tell you, I'm sorry, did I say this? I think I, I really never meant it. I, I just said it because I never had anything else to say. No. When God says something, he's bound to his word. When God gives a word, God sticks to that word. And that word will stay his word. And he will hold on to that word to make sure that that word 
comes to pass. So when God gives a word, it is not you at risk. It is God at risk. Because it is not you to prove that his word is true. It is him to prove that his word is true. Because the word is not yours. The word is his. If you give somebody a word and you have integrity, then that means that you will do whatever it takes in your power and your ability to make sure that that word comes to pass and that that word comes true. So God, by his integrity and by his grace and by his love and power, whatever God said to you has the ability to come to pass if you can find it and hold on to it. The Bible says in Numbers chapter 23 and verse number 19, it says, For God is not a man that he should lie, nor the Son of Man that he should repent. Has he said it and will he not do it? Has he spoken it and will he not make it good? It simply means if God has said that, if God has said something, God will go to all the high to bring that word to come to pass it simply means no word that god gives will go uh, will will will, uh, will 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 you know will just perish or you know will not come to pass whatever god has said god will do he has the ability to bring what he has said to come to pass he has the power he has the means he has the ability he has the um he has the love to do it so that simply means if you can find it then god can do it and god has given us his word he has given us the scriptures so that we can believe that he is able the bible says in ephesians 3 verse number 20 says now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can think or imagine according to his power that is at work in us it simply means God's ability surpasses your situation God's ability surpasses your circumstance every no that you ever received if God said yes that no will turn into a yes because God's word will turn every no situation into a yes situation so that's where you step out and you refuse to live by your feeling because your feeling will dictate to you a different, you know, a different uh, set of rules. Your feeling will tell you it is impossible because somebody told you it is impossible. But the moment you believe in God, you live in the realm of possibilities. Why? Because with God, all things are possible. Every person that God dealt with in the Bible, every person that ever walked with God this thing was true about them they believed for strange things that those that were around them thought that there was a problem with them and everything they believed God for came to pass everything they believed God for that includes Abraham who was 90 years old and his his uh, 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 wife, who is Abraham, is actually a hundred. His wife is ninety, and she's she's not only she old, but she's also barren. That's called a double predicament. And God told Abraham that he would have a son. Abraham believed God until that child came. Wow! Did he ever stumble? Yes, he did. In Genesis 15, God spoke to Abraham, spoke to God and said, What will you give me seeing I go childless and Eliezer, the servant of my house, becomes the heir of my house? And God spoke to him and said, This will not be the heir of your house. He said, You will have a son and you will call his name Isaac. And he said, Come out of your house. And he got out of his limited tent, his place. He came out into the big, big, big world. And God told him, Look up. And said, look at the stars. He said, your children will be as many as the stars. He said, look at the sand. He said, your children will be as many as the sand. Now, you can imagine this one man here fighting with himself and fighting with the promise of God. God gave him a promise. Yes, but there is a predicament that, ah, I am old. And so that means by age, I defy biology. And my wife is old. Not only is she old, she is also barren. 
So what you going to do if it's you? And God has given you a promise that your wife Sarah will have a child. In fact, Abraham tried to help God because he said, he thought about it and said, but God said, but when is this going to happen? Because from the day God spoke that word to Abraham, Abraham was 75 years old. So Abraham is thinking, uh, really, you should have given me this word when I was like 25, you know, you know, 35, right there. You give me this word and I'm 75? Really? But you know, God is never late. If you can trust the timing of God, you will never be you'll never be taken advantage of by any situation. Because, you know, many times we panic and we go out to find our own way because you think, ni me chelewa. You're thinking, I am late. You know, everybody's getting married. How, how is this going to happen for me? Age is going, years, I'm counting birthdays, they're passing. And how is it going to, how is this going to happen? Look here, God has you sorted out and your situation, your life is not too complicated for God to understand. Oh yes, your life may be too complicated for your neighbor to understand. Your situation may be too complicated for even your parents to understand. But it is never too complicated for God to understand. See, God is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. See, the author and the finisher of your faith. That simply means he has you figured out. He has you covered out. God knew everything about you. He knew when you would be born. He knew how you would be born. He knew he knows your destiny. He knows your generations. He saw your great, 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 great grandfather. So God is not gambling when it comes to you. If, if, if life were an, ex- an experiment, God passed the test in Adam and Eve. Hello? Glory to God. God has given us great promises. Exceeding great and precious promises. Actually he says, according to his divine power, 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. According to his divine power, he has given unto us all things that pertain to life and to godliness. Let's read it because you might think I'm reading a trick Bible. Second Peter chapter 1 verse 3 and 4. Everything that goes into a life of pleasing God has been, has been miraculously given to us. That means this is not in the realm of the natural. It is in the realm of the supernatural. It's been miraculously given to us by getting to know personally and intimately the one who invited us to God. The best invitation we ever received. Verse 4. We were also given absolutely terrific promises to pass on to you your tickets to participation in the life of God after you turned your back on a world corrupted by lust. That simply means everything you can get from the world is corrupted. You cannot trust God to bring you a man, but you can run to the Al-Hajj because he drives a Mercedes van. Did I say that? If I did, I would be unprofessional. I, I, I didn't say that. Did I even pass there? Look, you can believe God to give you your own. I have a few people that have faith in this house right now. Let me see if I can get the heat up so they can, you know, we can go up to about 50 maybe. Look. Anything that you attain without God helping you to attain it, it will never last. Because it has not been tested, tried. Glory to God. The things that you will receive from God 
the devil cannot take them from you. Nobody can take them from you. Glory to Jesus. So he has given unto us everything that we need. We're not gambling with this God thing. We're not just trying out to see if those things that we believe God for will happen. No, no, no. God is able to do what he promised. And that is what we have to hold on to. He will supersize whatever it is that you need in life. And he will bring it over to you. And what I want to speak to us today is get your hopes up. And believe God to do whatever it is that you need him to do. Because God will give you his word. And whoever holds on to it will see the end of the promise delivered unto him. And you have to begin to get your hopes up. You have to begin to allow yourself to grow into what God has promised. Allow your heart to begin to receive what God has for you. God has amazing things for you. Yes, he does. He has amazing things for you. And you see, what God has for you is not dependent on this or that, on so-and-so or so-and-so. What God has for you is dependent on his promise for you. You can decide to hold on to what God has said. And this is my message today. Don't talk yourself out of what God has promised you. Don't allow situations and circumstances to tell you that you cannot receive from God what God has told you you will have in life. So you begin to talk yourself out and you begin to think negative thoughts and God, you know, the devil begins to bombard you with all these mindsets and all these things and you think, my God, can this happen? Will it be the time? Will it happen? Can we do this? Can I do this? I tell you something, you need to begin to motivate yourself and believe that whatever it is that God has placed on the inside of you, that dream that that you have on the inside of you is possible because God is able to bring it to come to pass. Whatever it is that you believe God to do, I tell you something, your life has a promise and the promise of your life is actually redefined in the purpose of your life. God gave you a purpose and he gave you his promise so that you can believe him to bring that purpose to come to pass. Now we all have different purposes. We all have a reason to believe God because the purpose of your life cannot be done by, uh, by, by, by you working so hard and you must work hard. It cannot be done by you having connections and you should have connections. You have to come to this one connection. Connect yourself to the promise of God and walk your, your way through it. And at the end of the day, you will stand out as a shining light. Sure. And you will see the grace and the glory of God manifested through your life. 2017, we're believing God for greater things. We're believing God for mighty promises. We're believing God to take the land. We're believing God to take the city like we have never taken it before. We are believing that God is going to turn our idea into money. God is going to turn our idea into something. And therefore, you've got to begin to walk yourself Bring those ideas out of their hiding place. Bring them out of your mind and put them on paper and say, my God can do this. So you begin to believe God that whatever it is that God has promised, 2017, it's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. It's coming to pass. That 2017 is that year you will say, the promises of God for me this year are yes and they are amen. You can believe God to do what he has promised to do because God will bring it to pass. We are talking about God here. Now, if, you, if you're having a problem uh, understanding who God is, I tell you, he is the creator. He is the one person that cannot lie. He's, life was burst out from him. And let me say this. You can trust and hold on to this God and he will bring the promise to come to pass. Look here. Don't talk yourself out of God's promise. And don't talk if whatever you're going to say is talking you out of his promise. In heaven, there are no words. In heaven, there are objects. That simply means the word becomes a thing. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. All things were made by him and without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of man. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness does not 
comprehended. So in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So if we go back in the beginning that he's talking about in John chapter 1, that would be Genesis where God stands out and comes in the crisis and in the chaos of the world and he begins to speak and say, let there be light. Now the light was not just a word, the light was an object. So it means that when God spoke it, it rolled out of his mouth and became an object. It became a tangible thing, something that everybody can see. That's how God began to create the story of creation. The fascination about it is that God used words to create things. God gave you the power of words. It simply means if you say it, it will come to pass. A lot of us don't take note of the things we say and then we arrive at a certain point and we are wondering, how did we arrive here? But at a certain point, when your emotions were somersaulting, you spoke anything, you, could, you, just, you just spoke the word. You just spoke the word and you didn't take note of what you were saying. So the words you were speaking all became objects because in heaven there are no words, there are objects. So you spoke the word and say, I am worried. And zoo, worry rolled out and it became an object. And then suddenly you began to feel worry. I am sick. And then sickness rolled out. You know, you could feel sick, but you are not sick because you are the healed of God. So the moment you spoke it, I am broke. Oh, you spoke it as a style and fashion. I'm broke. By the way, I'm broke officially. And, and, and you thought, you know, you know, you're trying to describe a state of being while you are releasing the object of brokenness. Oh. So you spoke it and you never thought about it. I'm broke. Oh, you're broke? Yes, I'm broke. Doesn't sound much, does it? I mean, it, it, you, you've made it look fancy. I'm broke. And then the object came out. Boom, broke. You see, because the, the Bible says, another version says, uh, in the book of Genesis, when God breathed into man, the Bible says, and man became a living soul. But another version says, and man became a speaking spirit. It simply means you don't just say words. Jesus said, the flesh profits nothing, John 6, 63. But the words that I speak, that I say unto you, they are spirit. The word is spirit and it is life. That simply means when you speak this word, the word comes out and then it breathes, and then it gains life and form. It is life. So, that simply means, if you are going to get to where God wants you to be, God is not going to do it without the help of your mouth. And that's why I said, don't talk yourself out of what God has promised you. If you can find the promise in God's word, you can hold on to it and God will bring it to come to pass. Whatever it is that is going on in your life, you don't have to agree with it because you're not the author of it. If something unpleasant is going on in your life, don't accept it and embrace it and say, well, this is how I am and this is who I am. No, that is not who you are and that's not how you are. You just accepted it because that's what you felt. There is a difference between you and your emotions because you are not an emotion. You are a spirit. Hello? Now, will you feel the emotion? Absolutely. Just like your flesh responds to the environment on the outside, that simply means when there is humidity, you feel the heat. When it's cold, you feel the cold. Look, 
you cannot live your life based on your feeling. Your feeling changes all the time. Have you ever gone to bed feeling like, I'm going to wear red tomorrow, and then you woke up that following day and you just wanted blue? Your feeling just changed on you. Every time you try to live by your feeling, you will be deceived. It's a thing that happened to, to Isaac. Isaac was old and ready to die. And then he called his son and said, go get me that juicy meat. Isaac must have been a chaga. <laughs> well, that's my opinion. So he said, go get me that juicy meat. And then he went to hunt. And here comes Rachel. And he says to Jacob, he said, you know what? Go get the kids. Okay, a kid is a young of a goat, not a young of a human. A young of a human is called a child. So he said, go get, those, go get the kid. And so we will dress it up and take it to your father. We'll make it just as he loves it. And Isaac, and Jacob said to his mother, said, what if he discovers? He said, no. And so he disguised Jacob and put hair on him. Imagine, he put a skin of a goat on Jacob, that means Esau must have been so hairy. I mean, I just can't even imagine. So anyway, Isaac did just that. I mean, Jacob did just that and went into the presence of his father. And the father touched. And he said, hmm, it feels like Esau, but it sounds like Jacob. And so he went with the feeling when he had actually got it right. And then he discovered that he was deceived. So he gave the blessing to somebody else. And when Esau came, he said, bless me. He said, who are you? He said, I'm Esau. He said, no, 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 no. I just blessed someone here. He said, but, he said, oh, who is that? He deceived me and I was deceived because he trusted in feelings. Look here. There are so many things that God has promised us. Teach yourself to speak the right thing. Avoid the temptation of speaking the wrong thing. So that you do not become a victim of your own words. We are so afraid of somebody saying something to us. But I tell you something, more than ever before, you will be a victim of your word than of your neighbor's word. Why? Because even God, in the realm of the spirit, we have read the scripture, but I feel like we should read it again. Even God in the realm of the spirit honors your word. Numbers 14, 28. I'll show you the scripture again. Every time I read it, it's just amazing. You could read the history. We're just going to read that right now. See, in the spirit, your word is an object. So just before you say that word, understand that if you say it, the object of that word is going to manifest. Hello? Now you see, you can begin to speak different objects of good stuff. And go fill your house with goodness. Numbers 14.28 Tell them, so I'm telling you, as I leave, God's decree hears what I am going to do. God's let's, let's read it from the King James. Let's read it from the King James. That, that, that will bring out. Say unto them, as truly as I live, says the Lord. Who is speaking here? Come on, who's speaking here? As you. Who is the subject here? Come on, who is the subject here? As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. I'm broke. So what happens when you're broke? As you have spoken in my ears, so will I do to you. It simply means you establish what you speak. 
the moment you speak it, you establish it. That means you release it from the realm of the spirit and bring it to life. And you know what? It comes exceedingly abundantly above all that you thought or imagined. So, that's why you cannot propel through your mouth a word whose object you're not willing to receive. I hate you. And you didn't have the feeling before, but suddenly you actually began not to like this person because you said you didn't like them. You received the object and now you struggle with it. So what do you begin to do? You speak the opposite and say, I love you, but say, but I don't feel it. No, you, God didn't say you should feel it. I mean, if, if we had to feel everything around us, you know, God didn't ask you to feel it. He asked you to believe it. You know, if you reverse the word and begin to speak to the person, I love that person. And your heart says, no, you're lying. You know that you're lying. <laughs> and you refuse to give in to that word. And you say, no, I'm not lying. I believe what God has said. And you keep saying it. There will be a day that your emotion of not liking that person will shift and change because whatever you begin to imprint in there is what is going to be embraced. So you cannot walk with this feeling that I don't like this person. No, no, no. You are incapable of not liking that person. Why? Because you are born again. Your born again spirit is incapable of hatred. Your born-again spirit is incapable of poverty. Your born-again spirit is incapable of laziness. Your born-again spirit is incapable of being broke. Your born-again spirit is capable of loving, is capable of blessing, is capable of accomplishing what God has called you to do. It is capable of receiving everything that God said is yours in His Word. Your born-again spirit has no negativity in it. So, so, Pastor, how is it that I feel this way all the time? Let's go to work. It is your soul that needs to be renewed. It's called the renewing of the mind. So, the more you renew your mind, the better you will be. When you renew your mind, you're not helping God. When you renew your mind, you're not helping the preacher. When you renew your mind, you're not helping your parents. You're not helping your boss. When you renew your mind, you're helping you. Hmm? So you can walk with a renewed mind concerning the things that God has for you. And this is practical. Yeah. So begin to watch what you say because what you say is powerful. If you think the wrong thing unconsciously and then your mouth was going to voluntarily unconsciously speak what you thought before you say it, hold up and change it before it comes out of your mouth. Say you are going to say something like, I am broke. Hmm? Catch yourself and just, I am broke. Then you rethink what you are going to say. You buy time for your mind to reset itself and say something different. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Hmm? You are about to say, I am in Then you I am in Proust. I shit it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. You know, you don't allow yourself to... The moment you begin to say things like, I'm impatient, you will become so impatient that you will begin to pray for yourself to be patient. 
but you're praying for yourself to be patient, yet you're speaking yourself into impatience. You will be no different from this guy who knelt down and said, God, please give me patience. And then he looked back up and said, and God, please do it quickly. <laughs> now, when you pray to be patient, you, you, can't, you can't want God to do it quickly. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. We are capable of accomplishing so much in this life. And many of us keep postponing our blessing with excuses. Oh, you know I'm not yet at that age. Oh, you know I haven't yet got the job. Oh, you know, have you ever thought to yourself that rather than Look, if you have looked for a job for one year and you haven't got one, don't give up. But probably you are a job creator rather than a job seeker. Maybe you should begin to ask God to show you exactly what he wants you to do. I thought I would have an amen on that. Hello? You, you should begin to think of employing others. I know someone is thinking, how? How is that even possible? I don't even have a dime in my pocket. Yeah, you, you can prove God. Hold on to his, his word. God didn't ask you to have the money. He asked you to have the faith. You can hold on to every word that God said and you will begin to change your circumstance. Your circumstance is not impossible. Your circumstance is not out of uh, uh, God's ability. Your circumstance is not too bad. God is able to shape that circumstance. God is able to work with it. God is able to do something around it. Every time you find yourself in a circumstance that tells you it is too hard, it is too difficult, it is too uh, impossible, I want you to look at that situation, at that circumstance and say, my God can do this. Do you know, some of you need to begin to pull your mindset out. Be put Begin to go to your office right in your room. Hmm? Begin to budget for that office. And make a ridiculous budget in billions. Yeah? Put it on your wall and say, my God can do this. Because the more you get your mindset changed, the easier it will be for you to see yourself achieve that. Hello? But the, see, before I saw that beautiful place we believe in God for, I really didn't have a situation to cause me to believe God for a million dollars. Because I was thinking, well, a million dollars, give it some more time. And God just threw this at us. So a million dollars just became demystified that, it's actually in the realm of my ability to believe God to provide a million dollars. Watch me and watch God. If you don't have faith, have faith in my God. Hello? Look. What do you believe God to do for you in 2017? What do you want God to do for you? Can we begin to believe him to do exactly that? Can you hold him true to his word? Can you find a promise that says God can do this? God can bring this to pass. Because there is nothing impossible with God. Many times we believe God to do something and we try to do it for ourselves and by ourselves. Because you're thinking, how will this come to pass? How will this happen? Look, there are things that if God doesn't tell you how to do them, you cannot do them. And those are the things I like right now. If it feels impossible for me, that's what I want to do. You say, are you crazy? Yeah, I think sometimes to believe God, you must be crazy. You, you must have a few wires loose so that nobody accuses you. Hello? Praise God. I want you to get your hopes high. And so, someone might think, I, I can't get my hopes high because what if I get disappointed? You know what the Bible says in Romans chapter 5 verse 5? It says, hope does not disappoint. 
or hope doesn't make ashamed. That simply means, you know, the things of God, you don't necessarily have to be so strong to have them done. You don't have to, God doesn't require for you to be so strong or to be a Christian that has been, you know, a Christian for 15 years and, you know, you just have to believe. You may feel like, God, I'm weak, but you can believe. Everybody can believe. Do you know that it even takes faith for you to believe that you're weak? So, the same strength with which you believe that you're weak is the same strength you can believe that you are strong. Don't talk your way out of God's promise. Don't talk yourself out of it. Don't talk negative. You'd rather keep quiet. And not say anything if you are not ready to say it or if you don't know what to say. Don't say the wrong thing. Because the wrong thing is going to affect what God is doing. Why? Because your words are not just words. They are objects. Hello? Your words are objects. It is getting your hopes high that will not disappoint you because now you have defined for yourself what it is that you want from God. Because you see, many times we think about what we want God to do, but we never really come out of our thinking process to begin to believe God for it. God did not just tell you to think about it. It is not mental assent. God told you to believe him for it. That means you take it out of the realm of just thinking into the realm of believing that God can do this. And I tell you something. God will do that. I want you to dare to believe. Someone look at your neighbor and say, dare to believe. Dare to believe God. Step up, step forward, and step in to what God has said. That's how you're going to go places. That's how you're going to accomplish things. That's how you're going to see your dream come to pass. You first believe it, and then you begin to speak the right words towards your destiny and then you'll begin to see it because like I said as we finish in heaven there are no words they are objects if God wants to see something he has to speak it and he knows if he speaks it it will come to be you too can speak you can begin to speak. Declare forth. And what you declare will manifest. It will manifest. I said what you declare will manifest. I am a billionaire. I am the healed of God. It is well with me. My lines have fallen unto me in pleasant places. I have a good heritage. Things are working out for me. God is doing great things in my life. Miracles happen in my life. The light is shining in my life. Good things are happening to me. God's word comes to pass in my life. Glory to God. That's, that's, that's how it feels like. That's what it feels like. Declare forth a different set of words. Amen. Amen. Look. From today, you can have your mirror as your friend. Go stand right before your mirror, smile, and begin to speak. And speak differently. Tell yourself you're fearfully and wonderfully made. Even if you don't believe in your hair or your nose or your lips, just tell yourself you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You'll begin to see how beautiful you truly look. You begin to see how things are actually better. As long as God is on the throne, things are better. You begin a new series of life by speaking what is good. And you know, if you can begin to speak good things in your life, you will begin to speak good things in your neighbor. Don't be so negative. Life is better than negative. Some of what people call being realistic is actually negative. It is, it is following the flesh. 
and you are better than that. You are a speaking spirit. Hello? You can speak your way into that miracle. Because he said he miraculously did this thing for, life, for, for us. He has given you everything that pertains to life and to godliness. That means everything that is required to make life work, God has already given it to you. So, 2017, may your life work. I said, may your life work. I declare that there will be no dysfunction in your life. I declare that, the, that, the, the, that your life will shine upward and forward only. I declare that good things will happen in your life. That God will cause breakthrough to come through for you. That you will be healthy, well, and prosperous. That you will rise beyond the challenge of your today. That you will rise beyond the curse of your family. That you will rise to do great things. That you will rise to see a bright future. That you will be a success. That you will be prosperous. That good things will come to you. That the, your path will shine bright and bright to the dawn of day. That the blessing of God will make you rich and add no sorrow. That you will walk to live an ever increasing bout of blessings. And you will manifest goodness. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand up on your feet. Father, in the name of Jesus, we bless you and give you praise. We thank you for today. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, and your mercy. I speak over your people that 2017 will be the most fulfilling year. That it will be a year of exploits. It will be a year of greatness. Father, even before this year ends, you will already begin to do uh, a great great things that whatever they didn't see in the beginning of the year that they believed you for they will begin to see right now because you're able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or imagine according to your power that is at work in them now i release the breakthroughs that they believe you for in jesus name i release the grace that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all they thought or imagined in their life I release their breakthroughs. I release their miracles. In the name of Jesus, I declare a financial harvest. I declare a harvest of goodness and grace. I declare that every seed that they sowed will bring forth fruit in the name of Jesus. I declare new doors of opportunity open in Jesus' name. I declare new points of entry in Jesus' name. I declare blessings in Jesus' name. I declare increase in their salaries in Jesus' name. I declare blessings in their families in Jesus name that no curse will continue in their lives in Jesus name no demon power no demon will harass them anymore in the name of Jesus Christ that no person will take advantage of them in Jesus name but it will be it, it, it will be well with them that their lines have fallen unto them in pleasant places that it is good to them oh father that they will live the good life because Jesus died that we may live the good life regardless of what we go through it is well with us in jesus mighty name thank you for joining us today don't forget to subscribe and share the message to your family and friends follow us on our social media at kingstar church